David Hershkovitz, and you're listening to Light Culture, brought to you exclusively by Burb, where cannabis clothing and culture intersect. Based in Vancouver, Canada, Burb strives to build on the city's legacy of cannabis tolerance and its gift to the world, BC Bud. Follow us on Instagram at ShopBurb and subscribe to this podcast at shopburb.com forward slash lightculture. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Light Culture. My guest today is Nicholas Heller, better known as New York Nico. Nicholas Heller has done what most people can only dream about. He has taken a love that he has, in this case for New York fucking city, and turned it into a brand and a business. As New York Nico, he has become a social media force, documenting the lives of average New Yorkers and taking his passion for the city into the viral universe where it can be accessed and appreciated by one and all. When he's not posting on his various IG accounts, he works for a living, incorporating his discoveries into sponsored pieces for brands like Nike, Jay Lindbergh, and many others. With New York having the dubious distinction of being the epicenter of the coronavirus, hey, New York number one again, right? Nico began a New York accent challenge that went viral with hilarious results that put a sorely needed smile on the faces of beleaguered New Yorkers. I have to admit, I was one of those who submitted my very own accent. How does it sound, Nico? Do I rate it all or what? I, you, d- you do. You do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know really? if that's top 24, <laughs> but, but you, you definitely Night. have a solid one. I, I would know where you're from. Oh, cool. Okay, because I never thought I did have an accent. So is that one of the uh, kind of uh, ways that people mostly feel about themselves, that they don't really have a New York accent? Yeah, I, I've heard that from, I, I would say, 80% of the people who posted. Yeah, when we just got on a minute ago, you were saying you're you're being written up in all these publications now, the New York Times, the New York Post, the Wire Services, and so on. Are you surprised by the reaction? Uh Yes. Well, yeah, at first I was really surprised. Um, I thought that this was just going to be like a fun thing that I would do to pass the time uh, while we're in quarantine, but slowly but surely uh, it started to take off and became something bigger than I ever thought it would. The most frequent comments I would get in messages was that it people were so grateful because it it's reminding them of, you know, where they're from and to be proud to be a New Yorker and it just lifted spirits and and was a fun distraction from all the chaos that's going on right now. But yeah, I mean, when I first put, put out the call to action, it was, it was, was it like a week ago? No, it was a little longer than a week ago. Like a week and a half ago is when I put out the call to action. And at first no one was submitting anything. So I had to beg my friend, Wayne Diamond, who uh, in my eyes has one of the better New York accents. I had to beg him to to record a video and post it for me. So he did, and then started catching on a little bit, slowly but surely. And then celebrities just started getting involved. Alec Baldwin posted one, and after that, Catherine Narducci posted one, and she helped me get Debbie Mazar and Chaz Palminteri, Dre DiMatteo. Yeah, it just it just went it just went nuts. Nick Turturro, my <laughs> judges were um, 
Michael Rappaport and Princess Nokia. There's just a, a lot of juice in the contest. And uh, people probably don't realize this, but it drove me insane. It was so taxing, like having to sift through all of these submissions and then people complaining that, you know, they weren't posted on my story and then people complaining that it wasn't fair. And it just got way more competitive than I, than I had hoped it to be because it really was just meant to be fun. And, and you were reviewing each? Yeah, I was, I was watching all of them pretty much. Can you do a good New York accent now? Let's hear. Oh man. <laughs> I, I mean, it depends <laughs> what, what kind of New York accent. That's the thing that you, that, that I learned. Oh, well, I didn't okay, learn let's from hear. this because I, I always knew it, but it's just so diverse. There's so many types of New York accents. It depends what borough you're from. It depends what neighborhood you're from. It depends what ethnicity you're, you are. It depends, you know, what type of person you are. Like, are you a, a threatening person or are you more like subdued, calm person? So it all, it all kind of depends. So if you were to ask me what kind you know, to do a New York accent, I would need you to specify <laughs> You know, there's uh, there's the tough guy, like Italian mafioso New York accent, or there's the, uh, you know, the neurotic Jewish uh, New York accent, you know? <laughs> it, uh, it depends. Keep going, no, man. No, that's yeah, all I got for more. you. I don't want to get myself in trouble. <laughs> you're, getting, yeah, you're already getting yeah, in trouble. I, I've gone too um, far. Well, I'm, I'm a Jewish Italian, so I, I, I can, you know. Oh, you can play on those too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But what made you fall in love with New York? Uh, you grew up in New York City, yeah. right? Where, uh, what I borough? Was, where, you know, let's get down to neighborhoods yeah. here. Uh, neighborhood, uh, Union Square was my neighborhood growing up. Oh. Born and raised. I went to college in Boston. Uh, I didn't stick around because I was, I was so fed up with the city at that point. And then with Boston? I, no, with, with New York. Uh, oh, it wasn't why, set why up. Were you I, just fed up? To, I just wanted to get out of the city. What year was that? 2007 is when I graduated high school. So yeah, so I started college. Um, Boston, you know, was, uh, was all right. Came back to New York after school for a year, lived in Brooklyn. And then at the time I was making music videos. That's how I was making my living. And I figured, you know, I had exhausted all of my connections in New York. Um, so it was time to do the LA thing. So I moved out to LA, you know, because I'm a born and raised New Yorker, I never got around to getting my driver's license. So when I got to LA, not only was I not booking work, not only was I sharing a room with a kid I found on Craigslist, I failed my driving test three times. And it was miserable. I've never been more miserable in my life. I also hated LA. I thought I was going to love it. Uh, ends up, you know, it, it turns out it was just like a, a nice place to visit because I'd visited before and thought it was like the best place ever. Well, not being able to drive and hating LA, that seems to be two criteria for being a real New Yorker. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, after six months, I moved back to New York and I was just so depressed. Pressed. I was living back with my parents. I didn't know what I was going to do for a living because I hadn't made it as a music video director. And then one day I'm just sitting in Union Square, kind of figuring out what my next move was. And while I'm sitting there, I noticed a New York character who I have seen since I was a kid. And he's this six foot seven Jewish dude with dreadlocks that carries around a huge sign that says the six foot seven Jew will freestyle rap for you. 
Um, and he just walks <laughs> around the city rapping for people. And I, you know, when this was going on, I was, I was fairly shy. Uh, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety, but I used this as an opportunity to go and talk to him. And he ended up being very responsive and friendly. And we ended up walking around the city uh, for like a couple hours. And by the end of us hanging out, it was just like, Hey man, I've never done a documentary before, but I would love to try making a documentary on you. Would you be down? He said, yes. So I made a documentary on him, ended up being really good. And then I realized that I could take this concept of like the day in the life of a New York character and create a series out of it. So I created a series called Know Your City and O Your City, where I profiled famous New York street characters like Larry the Birdman of Washington Square Park or Wendell the Homeless Fashion Designer of uh, Union Square. Uh, even Curtis Sliwa was, was one of the subjects. And that changed my life. It gave me a new sense of purpose. It gave me a brand new love for New York. Like doing this series made me realize how special New York is. And then I created my Instagram. I, I created my Instagram because the, the, the videos that I was doing for Know Your City, they were good. Don't get me wrong. At the time, they were good. Now I can't even watch them. But at the, t at the time, they were good, but not enough people were watching them because they were on YouTube. They were like six minutes long. I didn't have a, a following. So I was thinking to myself, like, it's such a shame that I can't expose these characters to the rest of the world. Like, what am I doing wrong? What, what can I do to change this? And this was around the time that Instagram had, uh, had introduced video. 60 second video at that. And, uh, I was like, why don't I just like do the same thing that I was doing with these short documentaries, but instead film it on my phone, don't have any cuts and just upload it to Instagram and have these characters kind of be reoccurring. So you learn their stories over time. And then that's when it started kind of catching on for me. You know, the, Things started off kind of slow, but uh, once people saw that I was consistent, I started get, gaining followers and, and growing my platform, and here we are today. What was the first one that uh, really took off, do you think? Matthew Silver is a, uh, is, is a legendary street performer who, if you've seen, if, if, if you saw a photo of him, you'd recognize him. He usually performs in Union Square and Washington Square. Um, but he's a very bizarre street performer and I had done a know your city episode on him. So he and I were friends and every time I would post him on my Instagram, it would go crazy. Uh, and there was one video in particular where I filmed him. This was around the time that fidget spinners came out. If you remember fidget spinners. Sure. Um, I got two right yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave him a fidget spinner in the video. And, um, because he's just like such an absurd person, he kind of took it and ran with it. And, uh, the video ended up going crazy viral. Like everyone reposted it. And that was the first time that I saw like a huge boost in followers. And then from there, things have just been kind of consistent, you know, like some videos do better than others, but for the most part, it's just been, it's been very consistent. And I have like a, 
a cast of regulars and I call them characters, but I mean that in the best way possible. Like they're, they're my friends. I think character is a, is a great thing. I think that's the best thing that you can be as a character. Well, it has uh, two meanings, right? So there's a character, it's sort of like an unusual person and there's some, you know, like a character, somebody in a story at the same time. So it's, it's feels like that's kind of what you have going on. Yeah, exactly. You're someone who loves to be out in the streets interacting with people. Obviously, that's like the core of what you discovered is how to be happy in life to keep doing that. It, it made you fall in love with New York, which is interesting. So it wasn't like you loved New York first and then you wanted to do something about it. You sort of fell in love by doing something, which is a nice switch. But, you know, as we mentioned earlier, we're in this kind of crazy time where you can't walk on the street or you can't stop and talk to people. So do you think it'll ever be the same for you? Ouija captured a disappearing New York without really knowing it at the time. Is that something you think about now? Or how do you feel about where we are and where we're going? I'm an optimist. I think I'm hopeful. I think that things will be back to normal. As, as normal as it can be eventually. But, you know, I, when, when this whole COVID bullshit started, I was so anxious because I was like, how am I going to be creative? You know, my whole, all my creativity comes from being outside and meeting people. Like, what am I going to do? Um, so there was like a week where I was just anxious thinking about what I could possibly do. And then I had the idea to do a New York's Got Talent show from home where I had people just submit videos of them showing off their talents. So there were dancers, there were singers, there were comedians, there were jugglers. And a lot of the people who submitted are performers who I film regularly on the street. So I did that and I felt, I felt great about that because it was essentially doing what I do pre COVID, but while in isolation, like I was doing it from the confines of my own bedroom. And that made me realize that I can adapt, you know, I can adapt to the, the shitty situation that we're in right now. And then through that came my New York accent contest. And that's something that never would have happened if the city was open because New Yorkers are so busy that they wouldn't want to participate in something like that. So I'm going to adapt. I'm going to, you know, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out. And I feel like any creative will figure it out for themselves. I've seen so many, so many friends of mine have found ways to adapt to the new, the new normal. <laughs> and it's, it's made me very proud to be friends with them. Are you concerned at all for your characters as, as we've described them? One of my best friends just died yesterday. He oh, was, he was a, sorry. he was a regular on my page. Um, one of my favorite people in New York and he passed away from, from the virus. What's his name? Uh, Vinnie peanuts. Oh, Vinnie peanuts. Yeah. From, from little Italy. He, he had, has been selling peanuts from his stand for over 30 years and he's a staple of little Italy. Everyone loves him every time. I saw him, I would immediately smile. He was just one of a kind, an amazing, amazing, amazing person. Every time I put the camera on him, it was gold. Like he's just the greatest person. And it's so sad, but it made me so happy to see all the comments that were pouring in, just praising him. And it makes me 
happy that I, I was able to document him while he was around and show him off to hundreds of thousands of people who wouldn't have ever seen him otherwise, whether they live in New York or not. And that's why I do what I do. It's cliche to say, but as a documentarian, that's, that's our job. I could tell by the pieces you did with him, you know, what a warm, amazing guy, you know, it comes through, which is, that's what's authentic about it, you yeah. know, so you could see, you could feel and see and feel that. I was also not just referring to people who might, you know, uh, get the the virus. So many of the people that you talk to and meet are actually making money on the street. Yeah. You know, that's where they make their livelihood. And New York is kind of unique in that way that there's enough, you know, people, there's so many people that you can actually do that. You can make a living on yeah. the street yeah. selling just about anything if you work hard enough. Now, you know, obviously it's not a great living, but, you know, it's substance and it's meaningful for the people who are doing it. Yeah. With the changes that or expect in the next year or so, and a lot of these people are marginal, I'm sure. So, you know, with fewer tourists, with just fewer street traffic, I imagine it's going to make this uh, difficult as well. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what to say. It's it's really it's really sad, and when it's all over, I'm going to do everything I can to to help out the small businesses and the performers and the staples of New York. I'm trying to do it right now, but it's hard. Of course, right now you can't do, yeah, you can't do anything, but, you know, given what you've already accomplished and I could see how, you know, creative you are and give, and all of the publicity that you're also getting now right. should put you in a nice position to kind of step up a little bit and help organize, which seems like you're very good at as well. Mm -hmm. So that's good news for the rest of us out there that the, yes, you know, the optimistic side of it, that it's actually giving you a bigger voice to go out and tell these stories. Right. Totally. You know, you're also doing other things with regard to New York, right? That you started this not, not New York Nico, where you wanted to rank every New York movie ever made. <laughs> yeah. Seems like a big task. I kind of gave up on that. <laughs> what were you smoking when you came? <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I feel like now is a better time than ever to, to bring it back. Really? But yeah. There was Why a, is that? Well, I mean, what am I, what else are we doing? Oh, yeah. people are watching TV yeah. all the time. Right? No, but I, I do have a, another thing going on right now with my friends who have a, uh, a Twitch channel called Stimulus TV. They basically wanted to create like a public access channel with content going 24-7. And they have me doing something called New York Nico's Film Camp, where I show a New York movie every night that my followers or whoever can tune into. And there's like a chat room and we talk during the movie. So I've just been showing New York movies every night and for selfish reasons. This is already ongoing. Yeah. Now? Yeah. yeah. We, we have an off night tonight, but should resume tomorrow. But for, for selfish reasons, I've been choosing movies that I haven't seen yet. We just played Gloria from 1980. Uh, I know there were a few versions of it, but the Cassavetes version played oh, that the, the other night so yeah that was that was a lot of fun that's kind of nasty as i recall right it is yeah kind of well what's dark. your definition of nasty <laughs> <laughs> i mean it wasn't fun <laughs> yeah i mean most new yorker movies i wouldn't say are fun oh really so what have you gathered by all these new york movies what are the common aspects of a new york movie well, what I, makes I a great new york movie towards like the scorsese movies and the de palma movies and 
the Safdie brothers movies. So like the gritty kind of, you know, violent New York movies. Um, you know, my, uh, my favorites are taxi driver, uh, midnight cowboy, good time after hours, king of comedy. I'm trying not to name all Scorsese movies, but that's kind of what I'm ending right. up doing. Well, the French Bronx, connection. Bronx, 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 French connection. Yeah, of course. Serpico, uh, Carlito's Way. Yeah, I mean, you know, the list, the list goes on and on. How about Wild Style? Have you thought I about that? I love Wild Style, yeah. That's a great one. I don't think that's on my top 50 list, but it's it's definitely up there. Maybe top 200. I don't know if people think of that as a New York movie, but obviously it is. Oh, yeah. Of course. We asked some of your followers if, what questions they would like to ask you. So I'd like to ask respond? a couple of those. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we had yeah more than enough to uh, fill up an hour here. There we go. <laughs> okay, so Elisa GC asks, craziest run-in with a celebrity? Oh, man. Craziest run-in with a celebrity? Uh that's the hard question. I'm so bad at, by the way, I'm so bad at pulling stories out of my ass. Um, oh, okay. You know, cause <laughs> it, too. like literally something crazy happens every day and I just become desensitized <laughs> to it. But I'll tell you the most recent run in with a celebrity. This was right before Corona. I ran into Tony Danza on the street and good one. He's on my top 100 New York accent list. So I just wanted to get a quick photo selfie with him. That's it. And I hardly ever asked for selfies, but I went up to him and I was like, Hey man, do you mind if I get a selfie? And it would have been totally fine if he just said, no, like, sorry, I'm busy or something like that. He said, Oh my God, what did he even say? I made a post about it. Cause I was so angry, but it was something along the lines of like, I'm not allowed to do that. You know, like I can't come up to him and ask him that he like gave me an attitude just for asking him to take a selfie and made me feel like a piece of shit. And I thought that that was so shitty. And uh, yeah, so that's it. Not a good story. <laughs> not an inspired story. Yeah, but you know what story. they say, don't meet, they say don't meet your idols. Exactly. You know? Well, he's not an idol that's, at uh, all. Um, but I was, I was really pissed off. He's an that. accent. Don't meet your favorite accent. Yeah, okay. exactly. He's not an idol. He's an accent. <laughs> yeah, he's Tony an Danza, accent. Tony if you're listening to this, make oh, things man, right. Poor Tony make things right yeah well you did did you explain to him who you were and no, what the context is and all of that no no no, well, no you know i mean from his perspective you would understand though right that a lot of people do that and you can't no really, but the way he said it the way once he said one it person to me made it. me feel like oh. he made it seem like it was illegal what i was asking him to do oh he's gonna put like you under he went arrest, out of his way to, to tell him to like reprimand me for asking him like okay. <laughs> I, I get asked for photos all the time on the street. Like I'm, I'm not, not, you know, maybe not as much as him, but like upwards of 15 times a day. And like, I always do it because I'm grateful and I want to be able to make people happy. So I just don't personally don't understand it. I guess he's been around longer than I have, but. Well, you know, the, the stars, you know how they can be. Yeah. Are you working when people come up to you or is it just random? It's usually like or? when I'm in Washington Square or Union Square, I get recognized, but people are just asked to take selfies and stuff. And I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Okay. Richie Evangelista asks, can I smoke a joint with you and Tiger Hood? <laughs> I don't smoke. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if Tiger smokes, but... um. 
hey, if you see us playing golf, once this is all over, you're welcome to play golf with us. Cool. So tell me about Tiger Hood, because this is you you actually went ahead and made a film about him as well. So yeah. he has become a major figure in, in your world. Oh yeah. Of, Tiger of New York is one of my right? favorite people in New York. He's just so he's so unique. That's the thing about all my characters. Like they're all one of a kind. There will never be another one of these people. You know, there will never be another Vinny Peanuts. Um, there will never be another <laughs> for Mo, real. Yeah, there will never be another Mo the Butcher. Mo the Butcher recently died too. I also just wanted to shout out uh, Jimmy Webb, who also passed away. Uh, he was the owner of I Need More. He was a downtown legend, punk icon, uh, one of the nicest people I've ever met. Like he always made me feel like I was the most important person on the planet. And he passed away yesterday. Um, and it's yeah, just like, saw that. I've been I'm following like yeah, that. I'm becoming desensitized to this shit because it's so fucking outrageous. But, but yeah, there will never be another one of those people. Like they will, they're legends. And, uh, well, tell us uh, about Tiger Hood for the audience, for people in the audience who may not be sure. familiar yeah, with Tiger uh, Hood, his story met, and who he is. I met Tiger Hood. He plays golf with milk cartons around New York City. He'll just post up in an alleyway and whack, uh, milk cartons stuffed with newspaper into milk cartons and I'm sorry, into milk crates. And he made a game out of it and he just did it to pass the time and it kind of caught on and people know him and he's just, he's great. He's a lovely, lovely human being. And we've done a lot of cool shit together. Uh, in January, Will Smith played with us. Um, you know, every time I'm showing someone around New York, I always bring them to Tiger Hood just because you're not going to see that anywhere else. And yeah, I made a movie about him. Yeah, what did you discover about him in, in, in the course of making the movie? Because when you meet these people, you don't really know that much sure. about I mean, I, I, uh, where they live or how they live right. or any I mean, of their I circumstances. Learned, I learned fairly quickly into to meeting Tiger Hood that he was a, an amazing street photographer and has a collection of film photographs from the nineties to the early two thousands that no one has. And he's just uh, an amazing person. But what does he shoot? How did he wind up like doing this weird thing that like you he, said, yeah, unique? I haven't, so he did I've been around a long time and I've, you know, I've walked the streets and, and I love looking at interesting people, but I've never seen anyone do anything like this. So he's named after Tiger Woods, right? Yeah, of course. He's um, African-American, yeah, right? Yeah. And was that all together when you met him? Was he already Tiger Hood or was there an evolution? No, he was, he's was. he been Tiger Hood for about 11 or 12 years now. And he started playing golf. He calls it street golf or urban golfing. He started playing about 12 years ago while he was selling his photographs on the street. Uh, he was just doing it to pass the time and slowly, but surely it started catching on and people recognized him for that. Yeah. And he, he still does it to this Amazing. day. I mean, obviously not now, but right before COVID he was, he was out almost every day selling his photographs and playing golf. And so it, it's not enough for you to just like take the people's photo, you know, cause lots of people do that. Oh, could I take your photo? And that's kind of over there, but you go the next like 10 steps further yeah. where you're also becoming their friends, right? Sure. Do you, that becomes like a meaningful relationship. For oh yeah. You. Oh yeah. 
I mean, they're all my friends. Do you have any other friends? Yeah, I mean, no, have, I have, I so have other friends. I have, how many? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, but no, they're, they're my buddies. Tiger Hood is my buddy. I speak to him, you know, he's actually quarantining in uh, Orlando right now, but I speak to him on the phone like three times a day. I'm, I'm honored to be friends with them. Adam Lipman, another one of, uh, from your Instagram followers, despite all the changes that have happened in New, in New York, can it still be a cultural Mecca? Yeah, of course. I'm not saying this to sound corny. I really do think that New York is going to bounce back stronger than ever from this. It reminds me, you know, I was, I was only in seventh grade when, when 9-11 happened, but I remember after 9-11, um, the city came together and we were stronger than, than we ever had been. The sense of community was just incredible. You know, people who ordinarily wouldn't get along were getting along because we all had a sympathy for one another. And I feel like we're already starting to see that uh, now, you know, with, with all the people who are helping each other. People are helping complete strangers because we're all in it together and we all need to get through it. So yeah, I think that I think that we're going to bounce back, and I still think that we're going to be the cu- cultural mecca of the world. Yeah, and you talk about the cooperation that I've been hearing about. I'm upstate, I must say. Mm-hmm. I did Escape as one of those famous movies, right? Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with uh, the end of the world kind of scenario. Right. And I find it really great to hear what you're saying about the cooperation because typically, you know, people think about the dystopia, you know, is the word, right, of the moment of like the, how horrible things could actually become. Right. But what we're at, what what we're seeing is that people aren't reverting to you know that lizard brain or whatever they call it, that they're actually trying to help each other, which you know probably is really a better way to survive than trying to kill each other. Right. Yeah. Toby Vanberg wants to know how did you end up becoming New York Nico? I think you kind of said that. Yeah, I think I kind of answered that. Gumball. <laughs> yeah. Gum- Here's a nice one. Gumbor Records. Who would you want to play you in a movie? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and what accent question. would they have? <laughs> um, wow. Well, I definitely don't want a movie to be made about me right now because I feel like that would, I, I haven't earned it. But maybe uh, 20 years from now, there'll be some bearded white kid uh, who, who, will, uh, who will be right to play me. Um, with a shaved head, yeah, right? Yeah, with a shaved head. Yeah, I, I don't have an answer for that. Let's just go with Joe Pesci. Oh my God! Right really? That yeah, why surprise not? me? Why totally. Not? You great. don't want like a dashing leading man? No, let's go with you, Joe. Pesci. You want a character actor? Yeah. Let's go with Joe <laughs> Pesci with the with the Irishman um, face mod. Oh, yeah. Okay, an, an older version, yeah. not a milder Joe Pesci. Younger version. Younger version. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite 80s movie? Did you say that already? I would go with... 80s movie. Okay, particularly 80s. Was, uh, hmm. I guess Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver. That's 80s, right? Yeah, did you know that? Yeah. Um, f- uh, or no, yeah. that was 70s. That was, was it 70s. 79? I think it was... Yeah, it was very much at the cusp. Yeah. Do you know, like, a little known fact about Taxi Driver? It was shot during the garbage strike, and a lot oh, of really? you know the str- and a lot of it a lot of it was the, on location right uh-huh. in New York City, 
and they would drive through the streets and you'd see all these mountains of garbage. But Scorsese thought that it was too unbelievable that no one would believe they would think it was fake. Uh-huh. So they had to take, remove some of the garbage so it look, wouldn't look so bad. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Good, good fact. I'll use that. So uh, what is it about Washington Square Park? Did you ever go to Tompkins Square or do you, do you go yeah, all I, over? Yeah, I go all over. But, what, what's your... Well, Washington Square is, is my, uh, my main go-to. It's just the, the characters that it pulls in. A lot of my friends are there as regulars, like Larry the Birdman and Ricky Sires and the chess players and Alyssa and Doris Dether and the street performers. And it's also very central. So it's easy to get to other spots that I like, like the West 4th Street Cage and Union Square and Astor Place Hairstylists, St. Mark's. It's just like right in the middle. Those are all so, go-to. Yeah. Yeah, those are great spots you all just mentioned. Oh, yeah. Very much on, on my wavelength. And I lived downtown in the East Village for many years. Oh, great. So I've been walking up and down those streets for quite a while yeah. now. So does it get harder and harder to find people? Or do you no, go to the Bronx or Staten Island? Yeah, it gets no, easier, no, it gets really? way easier. Um, especially, like, even with the with the New York accent contest, like, I just found a handful of potential characters <laughs> you know um people that that uh my followers instantly fell in love with just from one video so you know there's no shortage of incredible people in the city so do they have to be doing something for to get because i noticed a no. lot of them are you know interesting people but they're selling something or no, no. wearing so you know there's something unique about them but some of the ones in the uh and the challenge, they're just characters from New York. You know what I mean? Right. They're just normal. I don't yeah. know what they, you don't know what their job is. You don't really care. Sure. No, they don't have to be, they don't have to do anything. Charlie the Wolf does is one of my favorite people. He doesn't do anything. He's just a, he's just a, a, a one of the oldest bad boys in Williamsburg. And he's, uh, you know, I consider him a talent, even though he doesn't really have a quote unquote talent. Just being himself. Yeah. Just people who are themselves. I love it. All right, New York, Nico, thank you so much for course, being man. on my show and sharing these great stories about New York. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I love New York, and I'm sure you love New York. And let's all be safe and uh, be able to run into each other on the street one day. Definitely. I also wanted to just plug one quick thing. I'm, I'm getting behind this uh, initiative Please. called iPads to Hospitals. And it is a way for people to donate their iPads that they don't use to hospitals. You know, as you know, because of the contagious nature of the virus, hospitals don't allow visitors. And uh, a lot of people don't have access to tablets or smartphones. So this is a way to kind of let patients connect with their families. Um, And if you don't have an iPad, you can donate money and we're buying new ipads so ipads to hospitals.org is where you can go for more information yes uh, i'm going to be going there myself right now and i urge everyone else to do the same thank you very much thank you sir appreciate you thank you you've been listening to light culture brought to you exclusively by burb where cannabis clothing and culture intersect Please follow us on Instagram at ShopBurb 
and subscribe to this podcast at shopburb.com forward slash light culture, as well as iTunes and all the regular distribution platforms. <laughs>